stuff. It's raining, it's pouring, but I don't have a care because inside I shine. Welcome to episode 187 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, it's Danny Weinkoff, and we talked about all of it. We talked about his time with They Might Be Giants, and more so, we talked about his time making music for kids and families. And we focused a bit on his brand new record called Inside I Shine. And that song you just heard, that clip, That's the title track called Inside I Shine, which you can hear all the way through the whole entire song at the very end of this episode. And this was great. I've been wanting to talk to Danny for a really long time, and we covered a lot of ground. It was a great conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, Please email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com, if you would like to, because I would like to hear from you, and it would be nice to, to get an email, right? That'd be nice. Yeah, so thanks for doing that if you're so inclined. I should also mention that this record by Danny, Inside I Shine, is is geared more towards his youngest listeners. I think it was a conscious decision by Danny to sort of take things in that direction. I mean, this is perfect for families in general. All of Danny's music is appropriate and great for kids of all ages and adults of all ages. But he, he wanted me to know that this one really is for his youngest fans. And I think that that's great. So thanks, Danny. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It was great talking to you. And, you know, like, let's just do it, right? Let's put it on. Here it is. Here is Danny Weinkoff live. Well, on tape. You know what I mean. Okay, here he is. Good stuff. It's awesome to welcome all the way from Montreal. I mean, not permanently from Montreal, but you'll understand why in just a second. Uh, my new friend, Danny Weinkoff. Welcome to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you today? Uh, hey, Michael. I'm, I'm great today. Um, thanks for having me on. It is. It's a pleasure. Um, so let's set the scene. You're in Montreal, Canada right now, but you don't live there. So what brings you there? Well, I, you know, when I don't play with my Red Pants band, I play in a band called They Might Be Giants, which uh, some of your listeners may have heard of. Um, and we are on a world tour. And we toured all of the United States. We did a 50-city tour in the spring. And then we followed that with a tour of Europe, uh, including the UK and Germany and Holland and Belgium and some other countries. Um, then we got back to the States for a week or so. And then we started a Canadian tour about three, three and a half weeks ago, um, which has brought us now to Montreal. Wow. Um, and we finish up in a week, and then we will head to Australia and Puerto Rico um, in 2019. But so right now, as of the moment, I'm in a hotel in Montreal. I'm looking forward to our show tonight here in Montreal, and then we move on to Ottawa and Toronto, I think, later in the week. Wow. Okay, so you're living the dream, essentially. Like, let's just call it what it is. That's like, or let me be more specific, my dream uh, of being on the road during doing some touring and that's really amazing and they might be giants is a formative band for a lot of people my age um, we we know them we know the music well we know you well um but i think that what we want to talk about is the red pants band which is sort of well how would you describe how this this project came to be 
Well, I've been playing with MIP Giants for roughly 20 years, maybe a little more than 20 years right now. And um, early on in our career, uh, they might be giants ventured into the, um, the world of children's music. We made a record called No. I wrote a song called Where Do They Make Balloons? And um, the album was received very well and the song was received well. And we toured a little bit uh, playing children's shows and stuff. And I really enjoyed it. So I continued to write children's songs and then I wrote um the number two for the here come the one two threes album that we won a grammy for and then i wrote where do they make uh, where um i'm a paleontologist for the here comes science album which was nominated for a grammy and then uh our most recent they might be giants children's record was why and i wrote a song called elephants so i was really enjoying that that process the creative process of writing children's songs and getting to perform them live in front of you know great audiences and the reception that we were receiving was really, you know, one of the greatest joys I have in my life. So um, I continued to write more children's songs and I kind of was stockpiling them at home. And then my wife, Michelle, um, after many times suggesting the same thing, uh, which was, Danny, you've got a bunch of children's songs. Rather than wait for the next Day Might Be Giants album, why don't you write a couple more and just release your own record? And she said it a number of times, and finally it sunk in. And uh, I did that uh, back in 2014, and I released an album called No School Today. Uh, and that album was really well received and won a bunch of awards and got a lot of radio play. And so then I put together a live band, which became the Red Pants Band. Um, and it features Tina Kenny Jones on vocals and bass and keyboards, and uh, Steve Plesnarski on drums and vocals. And now, uh, as of this year, we've added a fourth live member who is russell jones who plays bass guitar and ukulele wow so multi-instrumentalists yeah. are, are important to, to oh get yeah in. yeah we all switch around i play guitar and keyboard in the band even though with they might be giants i play bass um in in the red pants band i'm because i'm singing lead much of the time i play piano and guitar and then uh, Tina and Russ are both multi-instrumentalists. Well, as as is our drummer, Steve, but Steve sort of sticks behind the drums because we need to have drums. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, good. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they're all, you know, Steve and Tina are actually music teachers in school systems. So like Steve is a band teacher, so it's required for him to be able to play all the band instruments. Wow. And Tina is a, sort of was a child prodigy. She grew up with perfect pitch and plays about 20 different instruments. So That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so I'm I you know, I I am really really lucky to have those guys play with me and they've been doing it now since basically since when I started to put a band together. I auditioned a bunch of people including people that played in some very famous acts who I, you know, I'm not going to mention names or whatever, but some really famous players uh, from famous acts came and auditioned and Tina and Steve were by far the best. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they're, they're, they happen to be good friends. So it all, it all works out. It's like a little happy family. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Happy families are important, especially when you're, you're making music with people because that happiness yeah. well, and, shines and when through. Making, yeah. Music for, for families. It's nice to feel like it's a little family. Yeah. Right. It, it right. feels great. So I'm interested in something you said. You said the pro you love the process of writing songs for families, right? Like whether it be for They Might Be Giants or whether it be for your own project. What do you think? I mean, is it, I, I guess like, is it is it freer? If that's even like a way to describe it or how is it, how is it different than what you might do for another type of project? Um, 
I think that I think that it, it, you know, being in They Might Be Giants is sort of blows some of these theories out of the water because John and John can pretty much write a song about anything, uh-huh. literally anything. You know, a back, an ant crawling up your back, or something political, or the communists having music, or <laughs> you, you name the topic, and they will write a song about it. Um, but you know, generally, music that's geared towards adults is is usually you know something about your your feelings or issues or adult topics, and um, you know that that can be restricting sometimes. Um, with the children's thing, I think that it's 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 fun for me to do for a lot of reasons, but one of them is just to try to try to look at the world and remember what it was like to be a child. And see things from that perspective, um, you know, with a little bit of naivete and uh, maybe not full understanding of things, and and then and then turn that into a poem or a song. Um, it's it's fun, and, and also children like humor, so it allows you to be humorous without seeming silly because silly is okay for kids. It's and and actually it's encouraged. You know, like if you can get children to dance and laugh and sing, you know, then you're winning all around. So, um, it, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it feels, it feels free and it, it just feels celebratory. You know, every time I, I write a, a song for kids, I just, um, you know, I'm just hoping that it'll reach teachers, you know, so they'll play it in the classroom and expose it to kids or it'll reach, you know, some parent will hear it and say, Oh, this, you know, my kid would love this because, you know, this kind of rhythm or this topic is really, you know, interesting. And maybe then I can encourage my son to or daughter to, you know, whether it's a science topic or a nature topic or a history topic, you know, I may introduce the topic with the song, but then the teacher or the parent can further investigate it with the child and, and turn it into a learning opportunity for the for the children. And yeah, there's just so many things that that I find, you know, are possible with with writing children's music that, um, it's uh, it's it's a good thing, and it's also the idea of of just you know riding my bike or walking down the street and coming up with an idea, and then turning that idea into uh, something something real, like a completed song, where I you know I take this you know there's a nugget of an idea, but then I have to okay now I have to sort of develop the idea and how you know what's my take on that idea and how is that going to work lyrically. And then melodically and harmonically, and then generally on my albums, on the children's albums, even though we play live as a three-piece band, I play almost all the instruments on all the records. Um, Tina comes in and sings on a lot of songs. Um, sometimes she sings lead, sometimes background. My wife sings a lot of background parts um, on the albums, and then I play all the instruments. So. Wow. It's it's fun for me to be able to do that to 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 sort of work on the different parts and 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 put them all down and I can change them as I'm going along and and then finally come up with something that I I feel is you know a completed uh, idea and you know that process is just as fun almost as you know hearing as seeing a child react to it um, you know I I just love to to get from that point where it's just an idea to the point of where wow this is here's something finished now I can show it to somebody um yeah really that's that's kind of what I do you know it's it's one of those things where you know people talk about if they won the lottery how would their lives change if I won the lottery I would still want to do that yeah 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 I, <laughs> yeah that's uh, really cool so i mean i, I so i had uh, 
it's just so fascinating to me. You know, like you talked about the idea of creating a song with the intention of, you know, a teacher hearing it or a, um, or a parent hearing it and, and wanting to further explore the, the sort of the content with their well, kid or a child too. But right. Right. Often, right. Often it's the parents that are t- turning on the children's radio station or the parents that buy the album. You know what I mean? It's, it's, sure. it's young children don't necessarily have access to those things directly unless there's, you know, sort of going on YouTube or Spotify themselves or something like that. And then they may come across it. Right. Yeah, so, so what, what, what I'd like to know then, and I think, I feel like I, I, I could get, I could feed you the answer that I'm looking for, but I'd be curious to know what for you, like when you're thinking about one of the songs in your catalog that really sort of sums up that idea of, of your intent is to, put something out there for kids to explore or families to explore or teachers to explore. What is like, what is the song of yours that you feel like most encapsulates that idea? Um, I, you know, probably the, the most popular and, and, and it does encapsulate that idea is um, called I am a paleontologist, which I wrote for them. I be giants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, be, just because it has reached so many people, it's, it's got, you know, well over 2 million views on YouTube and um, uh, it's been in uh, national television commercials. It's, it's used at several different um, museums around the world. So it's, it's the most um, well-known of my songs and it deals with the topic of paleontology and with some specifics within the song, it talks, you know, it talks about looking for fossils with a, a, a pick and a brush and being careful because you don't want to damage the fossils. And then in the middle of the song, it mentions a different uh, names of different dinosaurs, which a child might be familiar with, that sort of thing. So I feel like it introduces the topic in a fun way mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just opens the door for more discussion about types of dinosaurs or you know, it also mentions um, carnivores versus herbivores and herbivores are eating plants. So their teeth don't have to be sharp, whereas the carnivores teeth would be sharp and they'd have to run quickly. And all of that's within the context of the lyrics. So um, I feel like it, it can uh, it can offer up uh, an introduction to a really good uh, discussion of paleontology and, and dinosaurs and 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 their eating habits and et cetera. Yeah. And, and I, and it's, it's a little bit more specific than just like, I'm a dinosaur stomping around. Right. And right. right. I mean, and those songs are good too. I mean, I, you know, there are, there are songs that are a little more elementary that, um, you know, like for example, Laurie Berkner, who I've worked with, you know, she sang on my first album with me and we're sort mm-hmm. of, you know, we're, we're friends, we're acquaintances. And, and, um, you know, she has a song called we are the dinosaurs and it's a little more like that. Like, you know, the lyrics are, we are the dinosaurs and we stop to eat our food. And uh-huh. it's simpler, but it's geared towards a younger group of, you know, listeners. But that's good, too, because it still gets the, the idea that they're singing about dinosaurs is the start. It's the nugget of the, you know, the, the curiosity. You right. Know? So, um, but uh, paleontologist, because, you know, it was it's a little bit... Uh, maybe a little bit higher level lyrically um you know it could be used you know in an elementary school classroom or even middle school classroom to introduce the topic of paleontology right so i'm gonna go out on a limb here i'm just i'm looking at um look at that track listing for no school today which is your first record and i i just is this sort of theory or this idea does that 
is that come through on a song like the very last song? Like these are the things that I key in on, right? But like the kidney that lived in four people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. The kidney that lived in four people um, is a fact-based song. And that one was written with Hank Green, who you or your listeners may or may not be familiar with. But he is he's part of – he and his brother John. John Green wrote a number of books called uh, Looking for Alaska and um, – couple other ones that have been turned into major motion pictures. He's a very, very popular young adults uh, novelist. Okay. Uh, so Hank and John, they first sort of got acclaimed by, they call themselves the Vlog Brothers, and they exchanged messages to each other on YouTube. And those messages became very, very, very popular because they talk about all kinds of different topics related to history or science or whatever. And then now they have different... Uh, Hank has a science channel and a psychology channel and you can go there and you can learn about mitosis or you can learn about the history of psychology. You can learn about all kinds of things through his websites. So I contacted Hank because in one of his videos, he has a picture of they might be giants in the background. Ah, nice. <laughs> and we wrote uh, the kidney that lived in four people together. Um, I wrote the music and the melody and then he wrote lyrics and then I had him sing the verses and I sang with him and sang the bridge and the chorus with him. Um, and it's based on a person whose kidney lived in four people, basically. Um, yeah, and if you listen to the song, you hear the story. It's, it's, it's a girl who did a kidney transplant to her brother, but the kidney didn't uh, thrive in her brother. But it was the right type of kidney for somebody else that, that happened to be in the hospital at the same time. So they took it out of her brother and put it in a third person. Wow. Which is really bizarre. And then, of course, the fourth person is that kidney lived inside her mom when she was in her mom's belly. Yeah, wow. So the kidney that lived in four people. That's, <laughs> but I mean, like, that's so, it's like topically so interesting. And like kids, that really, like, I do think that that fully embraces that idea of like, the song topic is broad and there's more to learn about it. And that's okay. So that's fascinating. Yeah, I've had, I, I literally had uh, you know, nephrologist, which is the study of kidneys. I've had a couple of doctors reach out to me and, and t verify the story and say, I'm so excited that you, you know, you were able to do this and, and et cetera. So yeah. <laughs> that's so, great. That's great. Yeah. So you have a, a brand new record it comes out. Uh, so let's say today is October 30th. I believe it comes out November 2nd and it's called right. In inside. I shine. Um, yep. So I, I, I listened to it and it's awesome. Like your music is just great. And I love the, the way the band sounds together. Um, and there's a little off how we've been sort of, how this conversation's gone so far, but you covered one of like the all time greatest kids slash family songs. Uh, I don't want to live. Or is it? I want to live on the moon. I don't want to live on the moon. I, I don't want to live on the moon. Right. From Sesame street. But you, you rocked it. Right. And like the cheesiest, like in quotes way that like, I'm not saying that your idea is cheesy. I'm cheesy for like being cheesy about it. But like, I've always loved that song essentially. And I'd like to, to hear how you were drawn to it and, and sort of the choices that you made in this like very cool and different iteration of it. Well, you know, it's, it, as you're saying, it's one of those songs that I think it's, um, it's kind of, uh, it's part of, uh, you know, growing up in America, whether it's, it's my generation or kids today, it's one of those songs that I feel like I know my friends who are parents know and their children probably know it. And if they don't, when they hear it, they'll love it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just 
It's a, such a beautiful song. It was uh, Jeff Moss wrote it. He was one of the writers for Sesame Street. And he wrote it for Sesame Street years ago. And the character Ernie sings it. And it's just, it's just a really, it's one of those songs, um, you know, like um, Rainbow Connection. That's just a, um, just a beautiful children's song. Um, yeah. The lyrics are great. The musical chord progression and the melody are great. So, um, you know, in the past several months or so, um, I was listening to children's radio, actually, and this uh, a version of the song came on the radio by Jess Penner. Yes, her, actually, her, hers is good, right? Hers is beautiful, and I'd never yeah. heard it, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I heard the version, and, I, and, I, and at first I thought, like, wow, this is pretty, and then I thought, wait a minute, I didn't know this song. And I remembered that it was, a, you know, that it's sort of a classic children's song, and I really thought that what she did with it was very beautiful. She does really nice harmonies on it. It's really, you know, it's, you know, for something that's, it's tough to do covers sometimes because you want to bring something new to the table. And I felt like hers was so beautiful that she did it. She did, really did it well. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I listening to it, I liked the song. And then I thought, well, let me go. What was the original like? I, you know, I forget. And I, I went and found it and I heard the Ernie version from Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And I liked that as well. And as I was listening to it, I sort of was playing guitar to it and, I'm, I'm playing the chords and singing the melody. And I was like, wow, this is actually sort of right up my alley. It's kind of the, the kind of chord progressions that I use in, in my songwriting. And, and not to say that I'm as good a songwriter as Jeff Moss or any of that, but just like just chordally, it, mm-hmm. it really is reminiscent of, of some of the other things that I've done. And I thought, well, okay, maybe too many people have covered this. You know, it's a beautiful song, but maybe too many people have done it. And I, and I went on different websites and searched out different cover versions of the song, including Jess's and, and numerous others. And every one of them that I came across was a ballad. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of them were beautiful, but they were all gentle and ballad-like. And I thought, well, okay, this is kind of like some of my songs. Maybe I'll make a Red Pants rock version of it and offer, you know, give that familiar song to people, but offer them a, a different version of it, a, a version of it that they can relate to, but rock out to instead of go to sleep to or chill out to. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, I just, uh, got behind the drum kit and <laughs> started from there and, and, uh, you know, worked up the version that we have on the, on the new album and, and it was really fun to do. And yeah, and I, it's, you know, I feel like it's such a good song that, uh, I wanted to try to do it justice and, and I hope that I did, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you definitely did. No, no doubt about it. Um, so, since we're, we are around Halloween time, the other song I'd love to hear a little bit of input on is pumpkins are my favorite fruit. Okay, well, <laughs> well, that Pumpkins Are My Favorite Fruit is the first song. We released it as a single prior to the release of the album just because um, knowing that the album was coming out November 2nd, we didn't want to miss the opportunity to have pumpkins available for people for Halloween and the fall season. So we released it, uh, I guess, in September sometime. Um, it features Tina Kenny Jones singing three-part harmonies, sort of Andrew Sister style, um, on the on the vocals um and it's uh it's a little bit ja- you know it's kind of jazzy <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome uh, yeah yeah so th- there's a couple of stories that that um go with that song first of all um i was helping a friend who was writing a children's book for parents with children that have uh learning disabilities or or um physical disabilities um her, in her particular case she was writing this she she made a book with a girl who had Down syndrome as the the lead in the book and talking about Halloween and pumpkins and things like that. And in the book, 
and 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 my part was to make music to accompany the voiceover version of the book and to uh have the voiceover done and my wife was doing the voiceover and in the voiceover uh one of the lines said something about pumpkins being a vegetable and so i contacted my friend and i said you know actually pumpkins are a fruit they're not a vegetable because they they have seeds and they have a, a flowering plant and that's by definition a fruit and so my friend laughed and said okay i'm learning something here and, <laughs> and she changed the words to her book and uh so, you know, I remembered that that story and that's sort of what led me to the lyrics of the song, um, you know. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe there's a lesson in that we can make we can talk, we can reference jack-o'-lanterns and Halloween and because, you know, pumpkins are associated with Halloween. But we can also put a small lesson in there saying that, you know, pumpkins are my favorite fruit. So if a teacher or a parent or even a, a child, a child might say, hey, mom, are pumpkins a fruit? And then the mother can explain or the dad, you know, that. Yeah, they are, because if you open them up, there's all these seeds. And if you see the way they grow, they, they grow on vines that have flowering plants. And and just like other fruits, you know, those are the characteristics that define a fruit. Um, and then so that's where the idea for the song came from. Yeah. As far as executing the song, as I mentioned before, Tina has perfect pitch. Oh, such a gift. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I and for anybody who doesn't know what perfect pitch is, Tina hears musical notes like you would see colors um, in the world or be able to read a word. When she hears a note, she knows exactly what note it is without any kind of reference or instrument around. Or if she hears a chord, she can tell you all the notes that are in that chord immediately um, just because it's only those notes in her mind. She, it's that kind of thing. It's a, it's a little like magic. But yeah. um, so when I, I wrote the song and I sent her a demo of me singing it in her key with a very, you know, kind of scratchy falsetto sounding melody. But um, she came to my recording studio and sang the, the main melody one time through, all the way through the song. Um, sounded great. And then I said, well, I was really hoping to maybe do um, Andrew's sister three-part harmony on this. And she said, okay, just play it back for me. And that's, so she's so quick, she picked up a paper plate that was sitting next to her and a pencil and listened to the original melody and then wrote out the other two harmonies on the paper plate. <laughs> my gosh. And then proceeded to sing them through the whole song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then I asked her if she could sing a scat solo for the solo section. So she improvised something. And you, and you, if you listen to the song, you hear it. You know, she, she does this very cool, like, Ella Fitzgerald-esque scat solo. And then I kind of jokingly said, hey, you want to harmonize that? And she's like, all right, play it back. So uh. I played it for her, and she did the same thing. She wrote out the, the other two harmony parts and sang them like first or second take. We were done with the whole thing in about 20 minutes. Jeez. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and, I, and I really, the one thing I regret is I wish that I had a video camera on for that session. Sure, I wish right. I could have documented that because I didn't know that that, that would happen. I, I, I've worked with her before and I knew she was great, but I didn't know she could do that in, in such a quick time. Yeah, I think, yeah. It, it, and it's so cool that like, I mean, you know, for a song like that to hear the sort of the technical side of it, like it doesn't just appear, folks. Like there, there's a lot going on in there. And I well, love and for anybody else, like you know, I could have sat down and written out three part harmonies for her to sing, but it would have taken me probably a couple of hours just to write the parts out. <laughs> yeah, right. And she did <laughs> it so fast. And think so of them cool. and sit at the piano and work out the parts and get the right notes and everything. 
And for her to do it instantly, that that is not something to be taken for granted. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, oh, that's a twenty minute project. It's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That is yeah. ge- that's a genius. Yeah. We call that a genius. I think that's that's truly yeah. what it is. Okay, yeah. so the, they gifted. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the record's called Inside I Shine, and the title track is Inside I Shine, and there's some familiarity to that song, and it's also a little different. So, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that one. Well, um, that one actually, the lead vocal on that is is sung by my wife. Oh, cool. Now, my wife has sung on every one of my albums, and you know she has sung on television commercials with me and, and things like that. She's She's got a very nice voice and happens to live in my house. Yeah, convenient, convenient, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, so, you know, I, we try to, to work together when we can. And um, so she sings the lead on that, which is terrific. And then Tina does uh, all the harmonies. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, there's, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of children these days that, um, are having, you know, and I guess it's, it's been, it's maybe been this way all through time, but, um, I feel like for some reason there are more children these days that are having issues with, uh, identifying as individuals, especially like I happen to live on Long Island where in a community where it's very sort of homogeneous, where a lot of people are very much alike. Their parents have similar jobs. The children wear similar kinds of clothing. So if you step out of the what's the norm that what's accepted, it's kind of tough um, as a child. It's tough to be a little bit different and and do things differently. So I wanted to 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 have a song that would um, just encourage, you know, positivity and 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 self confidence. Um, and that, you know, that, uh, you know, things could be bad on the outside, but I'm still good on the inside. So inside I shine. Mm-hmm. I had another song on, on one of our previous albums called There's Only One You. And, you know, it, it has a similar message where it's I'm, I'm trying to, to reaffirm for children that um, if they're different, that's OK. And sometimes their differences are what make them cool and interesting and, and uh, you know, um, and and make them feel whole, you know, so. Yeah. And to That's embrace true. that, right. Embrace that difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, well, so this is like, we, we dove in, you know? <laughs> we really dove <laughs> you know, in. Well, I'm sorry. Once you, you get me started, no. I kind of keep going. I yeah, me too. Um, but I, lo- <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so... All right. Well, we're gonna we're I'm gonna do a a sharp a sharp turn here, and this is gonna sure. potentially put you on the spot a little bit, but I I don't think in like a terrible way. Um, loved hearing about all of the places that you've traveled to to make music, and one of the things that I love is um, food from all the places that you visited. Okay. So so it, it, and I know this is hard, and it's hard to pin down one thing, but is there like a particular place where you've been, whether it be uh, on, I guess like on tour where you are just blown away by the city and the food and you think that people need to, to get there and check it out. Wow. Um, one place <laughs> or seven places, whatever it is. I'm looking for, I'm looking for advice here. <laughs> okay. Um, Barcelona, Spain is an absolutely beautiful city with lots of culture, beaches, um, uh, it's a it's a beautiful walking city and there's tons of great food all different kinds of culture including their you know the home food which is uh, uh, the tapas food um vancouver um canada is another great place for food san francisco is another great place for food 
Um, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on two seconds, okay? Hold sure, on. I'm sure. sorry about that. I have someone, okay, out, someone no at the door. Hi, you can you can leave that. Sorry, say again. No, they don't live here anymore. All right, thank you. Uh, sorry, Danny. Um, okay. okay. It was, okay, yeah. There was a. I have like the video doorbell thing now, and it was. Oh, uh, cool. Sort of. <laughs> it's like a little <laughs> weird. Um, okay. Um, okay. So we were saying you were saying Barcelona. I think that that's great. Vancouver and San Francisco stand out to me, but it depends what you like. I mean, if you like barbecue, then um, Austin, Texas, and Louisiana. You know, New Orleans yeah. are great places. There, you know, there's there's lots of great food to be had, and lots of. You know, and one of the nicest things I ever had food-wise in my life was uh, my, Dan Miller and I were on this place called Rot, Rotsness Island, which is a tiny island off the coast of Perth, Australia. Oh, my gosh. We, we rented bikes and took a ferry to the island and rode around the island and met these little things, which are tiny kangaroos called quokas, and had a great day. Oh. place you could get food on the island. Ordered iced teas and waited for like 45 minutes for iced tea. Uh-huh. We were the only people there, and we were just like... Wow, this is really taking a long time. And at one point, Dan says to me, this better be the best iced tea we've ever had in the world or we're wasting our time. And it came and it was uh, sun-made mango iced tea. Oh, like my gosh. By the sun, and it was the best uh -huh. we've ever had in the world. And so it was totally worth the wait. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that story had a happy ending. Yeah. Um, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. So okay. So thank, thanks for uh, thanks for indulging that digression. Um, so so you you mentioned that uh, they might be giants is on tour now. So what's yeah. coming? Is there any touring plans for the Red Pants Band? Um, what's coming up down? I mean, aside from the new record, anything else in the pipeline on that side of things? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we, we in between um, TMBG tours, I have we have two shows coming up in November. Um, I, I live on Long Island, so our local children's museum, which is called the Long Island Children's Museum, is celebrating its twenty first and twenty fifth anniversary. And the people there contacted me and asked if we would help them celebrate. So we're playing November seventeenth and November eighteenth at twelve thirty p.m. Um, uh, playing a set each day to help them celebrate the uh, 25th year of their 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 museum, and it's a great museum. It's a place that uh, you know I used to take my children there all the time when they were little kids, and um, and we've played there numerous times. So cool. that's where we're going to sort of use it as a celebration of the of the museum and a celebration of the new record. We'll probably hand out free copies of the album and uh, yeah, play some music uh -huh. there. Yeah, nice. it should be fun. And then uh, when when TMBG finishes in the spring, I'm hoping to get, you know, to stock up some shows in the summer for, for the Red Pants Band and, and uh, you know, travel a little bit and, and do some more shows with that. Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so what's the best way to, I mean, you're a busy guy. We got to keep up with you. We got to keep yeah. tracking, you know, what's the best way to, to keep up with you in terms of, uh, finding out what's going on, whether it be website or social media. Well, um, I'm on Facebook at DW Red Pants Band. I'm on, uh, we, I have a website uh, at dannyweinkoff.com. And then uh, generally on places like iTunes or Amazon or Spotify or Pandora, if you just 
go look under Danny Weinkauf, which is W-E-I-N-K-A-U-F. Um, the, the music is there. So all the albums, all the songs are available at Spotify or iTunes or, you know, those other places. Um, and then, you know, similarly, if you go to YouTube and type in Danny Weinkoff, they'll, there's numerous videos, you know, I think there's 18 videos or oh, so cool. Great. from different songs. And yeah, so there's lots of places, um, that people can check it out. Um, and, uh, you know, pass it on to your favorite teacher or, or your friend or, your friend's child or whoever it is. <laughs> yeah, pass it on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the best. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, Danny, thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk to me. It was, re- I mean, we got into it. Let's be honest. Like that was yeah. really awesome and really fun. So fun. thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah. Thank you for taking your time too. Thanks, totally. thanks so much. This was great. All right. Thanks again to Danny. I mean, I loved it. That was a good one. It was a really good one. So check out Danny. He's got a wealth of material for you to check out. All of it appropriate for kids and families. All of it certified and bona fide. What else can I say? It was a great, great conversation with Danny. Okay, here is Inside I Shine, the title track from Danny's brand new record, Inside I Shine. Thanks for listening. Talk to you very, very soon. It's raining, it's pouring, but I just want to smile because inside I shine, because inside I shine.
stuff.